All right. Hello. Hello. I'm actually on a second early today. Hello. So good to be here. You guys, today we are talking about your schedule. So today we're going to be talking about your schedule and how having the right schedule makes a difference. And here's what I mean by that. I'm going to let you off the hook for a million things that you are shooting yourself about. We're going to talk instead about how to do less and make more. And I have invited my good friend, Lynn Larson, to join us. She is also a business coach, and she focuses more on the energetic side of things a little bit. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but um, I think she's going to have a lot to add to this discussion, so I'm super excited to have her as part of this. So here's what we're talking about, your schedule and how it makes all the difference. Because if you find yourself overscheduled and underpaid or too exhausted to do the heavy lifting in your business, if you're telling yourself things like, I could make it work if only I had a clone, you're not alone. Most of us have found ourselves in the beginning of having too much on the to-do list and not enough hours in the day to make it happen. And then there are those business building unicorns who seem to have it all figured out. So there they are, sipping a mocha, china, latte, whatever, venti, whatever on the patio with their laptops and their AirPods, and they're conducting coaching sessions or negotiating deals, and they feel all of this ease and clarity, and their faces are lacking that expression of hurried intensity that seems to have taken permanent residence on our own faces. How do they do that? How do some business builders work 20 hours a week or less and yet earn in the top 20% of professionals? The difference between those who are chasing that dream and those who have achieved it is what I like to refer to as intentionality and white space. So allow us to tell you how to find it and keep it in this week's episode. Before I begin, let me tell you who I am in case you don't know. I'm Kelly Coulter. I have been obsessed with helping fitness professionals create direct-to-consumer businesses since the pandemic. Before that, I was a marketing professional, but now I work full-time with fitness professionals and health coaches, and I help you to build your business the business that you love to run and the business that is profitable and makes money for you and your family. And with that, I'm going to bring Lynn up and Lynn, hello. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. You know, I this is too. my jam. This is my jam. Good, good. I, I was kind of like glancing down at your face as I was introing the topic. You guys, full disclosure, we just decided like 10 minutes ago that Lynn was going to be the guest. I was like, we're going to rock this topic together. And so um, I was watching your face as I was introing the topic and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I think this is really going to be a good discussion. (laughs) Yeah. You guys, as you come in, please say hello. Let me know that you're here. Let me know um, how you're feeling about your schedule. Like what are you hoping to get out of this session? I know a lot of us are overworked and underpaid. A lot of us feel like we work too many hours for the amount of money that we're taking home. And I want to be able to let you guys off the hook on all of the shoulds that you're hearing from the business building gurus, like that you have to do three reels a day and that you have to email your list every day and that you have to do like what a million engagement posts and all the things. I want to let you guys off the hook about that. 
Lynn, let me do one more thing. <laughs> Sorry. Will you no, go tell for us it. who you are, what you do, and where they can find you? <laughs> so I'm Lynn Louise. I call myself the Cosmic Valkyrie. I help coaches make more sales without needing more strategy. Because what I know is that so many people have invested so much time into strategy and learning all the things, but the thing that's holding them back is brain set, like how the, all the noise that we're going to be talking about today is holding them back in self-doubt that they can make one step right after the other. So um, I combine brain science, I can find strategy and then ancient wisdom. So that's the energetic side. And then the brain science is where energy all begins in the body. So Oh my gosh, so good. So what I enjoy so much about following you and working with you is that you do bring the the cosmic side, but also the brain science side kind of together. Tell us about your background. <laughs> so I come from a corporate America background in accounting, and I worked in the marketing and promotion industry in music. So um, I worked with REM for years, but I also work with companies like Power Bar, The Gap. And um, so I have a lot of the marketing and um, PR influence, but I come from the accounting industry. When I left the industry, I was able to start a very successful business in nutrition and with a direct sales company, because I was a part-time marathoner at the time. And then I decided I'm going to become a boot camp coach. So I got certified at NASM, all that kind of stuff. So that was my first really successful business. But when I moved and I left, um, I realized that my calling had changed significantly and that it was no longer in coaching people into fitness. It was helping coaches actually make a ton of money. Oh, Oh, boom, mic drop. So much stuff there. I want to dig into all of it because I don't know if you know this, but one of my good friends and my mentors in business is Denise and Bessie who owns Muscle Mix Music. And she has a huge announcement coming up. We're going to be doing it on the 18th around music and music licensing for fitness professionals. So I have a feeling you're going to be just really interested in hearing that because of your music background. So you said you worked with REM? Yeah, that was a Very band cool. that I worked for. Mm -hmm. They would kill me if they heard me say with, for, with, you worked with us. I was very spoiled in the music industry. Yeah. Oh, that is very cool. Athens, Georgia. I'm, an, I'm a Georgia girl. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. So go Cox. Oh. Well, that's okay. You're not really a rival. <laughs> go sec let's say sec football so what do you feel like is the biggest thing just speaking of your background you talked about being a fitness coach and and then that's what you did what's your biggest piece of advice for fitness coaches right now adaptability flexibility like really being able to look outside the box. Fitness instructors are very driven. They are dynamic. They're willing to do what most people aren't to get results, right? So that also is in the results of their business. They have the courage. They have the guts. So it's like taking those uncomfortable steps, but really taking that time 
to while you're out exercising, we have these um, brain waves that allow us to tap into more creativity and allowing yourself where you're out on the road running while you're while, while you're biking or whatever, allow yourself to really indulge in that creativity and think outside of the box for new and exciting ways to present business. Mm, so good. So adaptability and using mm -hmm. the creativity that you are already tapping into with your fitness routine. Mm -hmm. So good. Brain science. <laughs> There's a difference between motor focus and brain focus. So Ooh, like when, so like when we're like when my students are working with me and my programs, they need to be focused and they need to be sitting in front of the computer to like really get um, a focus for learning that neuroplasticity learning. But then we need to be able to utilize the the type of focus that we need for muscular, like when we're running, when we're out exercising, that's a different type of um, focus. So we can utilize the focused energy from our studies. Like whenever I tell my clients, okay, you're sitting here, you're listening to 60 minutes of um, lessons or whatever, you're really focused, you have a nice energy, you're tuned in. After that, you want to go non, I it's called non-sleep deep rest, but is a good time to go out and go for a walk, go out and motor skills so that your brain, that neuroplasticity can take and utilize that information and let it retain and solidify a lot easier. Oh my goodness. I, I love that. I've never heard it said that way before. So I'll often talk about when you're doing one of my courses that I want you to sit down, I want you to take notes with your hands and not type, mm -hmm. but I've never heard like go away from it now mm -hmm. and just walk and let your brain like rest and kind yeah, of Yeah, so our, our brain actually processes in 90 minute circadian rhythms, okay? So we don't like, you don't want to sit and be binging on lessons for three hours. You're not going to get the advantage to it. And in order for your brain really to process the information, you need to rest, not resting your body, resting your brain from the learning. So that's why I always say 90 minutes, go ahead and do 60 and then go ahead and go exercise or even go sit and silence in like monitoring meditation and just allow your brain to recover and to process things. Oh my gosh. That's such good advice for, you know, I have school age kids, like older school age kids. I have a college age and a 17 year old. And I sometimes feel sorry for them. Like the way that schools are run these days, it's so like Mm -hmm. such good advice to let them come home, like take a nap. <laughs> yeah, it's really important. And the good thing is, is that when we practice, there's a whole bunch of tools and tricks and stuff that I could go into. But when we do these and work with our circadian rhythms, we're able to actually go to bed at night and solidify that information even more when we're not overdoing it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whole episode. We're doing this. So we're going to have you back. <laughs> It's, it's important stuff. That's why I really encourage like people. The thing is, is that so many, so many coaches view what they do as a coach, as their skill set to being an entrepreneur. And that's not true. Your skill set to being a coach 
is not the CEO skill set that you need to learn as an entrepreneur. So when you're moving into building a business after you're 25 years old, right? Your neuroplasticity, um, it's still there, but it's not as pliable. So we need to approach it much differently to be able to absorb the information that we're getting from our coaches so that we can learn and apply it. So good. So good. So the comment I'm seeing is no wonder why teenagers are many they're scheduled overscheduled at school. But then we as adults, we learn differently. And so we need to absorb differently as well. Yeah, we don't learn differently. It's just not as easy as an old dog to learn new tricks because of the way our brain functions. But the cool thing is about um, you know, 21 year olds, they're like sponges. They still have a lot of neuroplasticity, but if they can like if I love working with younger clients that are in their 20s and stuff, because I can teach them these amazing practices to take through to their entire life and really focus mm -hmm. on getting their brain health and their ability to create those new knowings mm -hmm. more rapidly than, say, a 55 year old. So good. I'm 56. So I know like I've had to do all this work, right? So I've had, and I always have coaches and I'm always trying to up level on that stuff. So learning how to be focused because y'all, we walk around with this crap all the time. So mm -hmm. pay attention. Like when you're sitting down and getting ready to do modules, when you're working with a business coach or when you're doing something really important, are you feeling the attachment to look at your phone? And if you are, go put it somewhere that it's hard to get, like the roof. Go mm. throw it on top of your roof and just be really focused. I've had to do that a couple of times. I'm like, oh, I need to focus. I need to, because, and the car's not far enough away. <laughs> oh, that is funny. I love that. <laughs> okay. So we promised a talk on schedule and on the way that we use our time. So some of this has been a little bit about your time, but I've got kind of two major points that I wanted to kind of walk through. And I want to hear from you, Lynn Louise, on both of these. So the first I want to talk about is intentionality. So a lot of us are just filling our schedule. We think we have to be everywhere all the time. And um, so I, I want to bring up the example of Tesla. So who here does not know who Tesla is, what Tesla is. I think we have all these days heard about Tesla. Of course, everyone knows who they are, but did you know that they have a $0, no marketing, no advertising budget? As a matter of fact, Elon Musk hates advertising. I want you to think about that in relation to all of the shoulds that you're, you've got running through your mind about where you need to be and how often you need to be showing up in social media and in front of your audience before you are able to make a sale. So Tesla is now more valuable than Toyota. Toyota spent $1.57 billion in the U.S. alone last year on marketing. Think about that in terms of your marketing. When asked, Tesla says that their marketing budget is spent on client satisfaction. And here's the key. Their mission is very, very clear. Tesla exists because the mission, Elon Musk's mission, is to accelerate the world's transition into sustainable energy. 
So the success of this $0 marketing spend, and if you were to extend that into you know, one hour a week content strategy, one hour a week showing up in front of the audience kind of strategy, this is replicatable. And the takeaway that I got when I really dug into this is this, bold overrides omnipresent. When you put your stake in the ground and you own it, you don't have to do all of the bells and whistles in order to promote your ideas and get in front of your audience and tell your audience what you're all about. Lynn, you, <laughs> reactions. Lynn Louise, sorry. Okay, so now I'm not going to go into the strategy aspect of it. I want to talk about, um, so brain, like science is um, proving what ancient wisdom has always known. And when we're talking about energetics and um, time as a social construct, and when we are waste, like we feel overwhelmed and we're not getting enough done, we all know, everyone knows that hard work and hustle does not equal results. And you just prove that, right? Because if hard work and hustle did equal results, then all those single moms out there with double jobs, two jobs would be making bank, but they aren't. We know they're not, mm. right? So hard work and hustle isn't the answer. Re results are not like effort because a lot of fitness coaches, we pride ourselves on our ability to put effort into something. Effort does not equal results. So when we're looking at, if I just do more, if I just put myself out there, if I just work harder, then I'll finally see the results that I want. That's not how it works. So that is I'm gonna such a good point. I want to reiterate that one more yeah. time. It is not the hard work and the hustle. It's the intention and the strategy and the um, the clarity, the the specialization in your results. Yeah. So the one thing I want everyone to understand is that your biggest time waster and your biggest um, resistance be uh, for your biggest resistance in scaling your business is your own subconscious. Okay. Mm -hmm. So hold on. I'm going to trigger some people. Triggering's good because I'm going to give you a paradigm shift in your belief system so that you can see things differently. So time is a social construct. It does not exist. The past, it happened, but it does not exist. The future does not exist. The only thing that exists is right now. So when you are looking at how you're spending your time and what your to-do list is, and when you're walking around in overwhelm and anxiety, and I got to get all this stuff done, when you're letting your subconscious run on autopilot, you're allowing your subconscious to make decisions based on past experiences in limitation saying, well, that didn't work that time. So I'm not going to do that again, where there is no failure in business or entrepreneurism. It is all trial and error. So when we are able to calm that inner voice that's telling us we need to do all this stuff on our list that really needing, we have responsibilities and we have priorities, but there are a lot of things that we're, we are leaking our energy on a future that does not exist by always worrying about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it and why we're supposed to do it. And this is the outcome that we're going to get. Mo the biggest time waster I see and the energy leaker that I see is women getting caught 
and self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all these snarky inner critics that's talking crap to her all the time. You're not doing enough. You're not, you're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not putting enough effort into it. You're not, um, you're not worthy enough of a successful business. All these things are taking up more time than anything else in your life because you cannot operate in clarity. Oh, so I hear you say a few things. I love you cannot operate in clarity when you're shooting yourself to death. Mm-hmm. But also the self-doubt is what causes us to overschedule ourselves because we're trying to outwork our own imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to show up everywhere, when you're trying to do all the things, when you're over-serving, even when you're over-serving your paid clients, a lot of times what you're trying to do is outwork your imposter syndrome. So you're not over-serving them for them. You're over-serving them for yourself. So instead of asking ourselves all the time if we're good enough, we need to be asking more, how can I serve? Mm, So good. So good. Okay. So point number one. (laughs) intentionality and results (laughs) and stop trying to outwork your imposter syndrome, work on your imposter syndrome instead. Yeah. And imposter syndrome is a blanket term for your inner critic, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the, all those stories that you're telling yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's really mastering your thoughts, reprogramming those subconscious belief systems and up leveling your consciousness. Because when you do that, anything you desire becomes possible. This is why I wanted your voice on this topic. This is so good. Mastering thoughts. At the end of the day, the entrepreneurial journey is mastering your thoughts Mm -hmm. because it all comes down to what you believe is going to happen. And every single belief that you have in your brain has been created from your past since birth. Every belief that you have has been taught to you since birth. And a lot of those belief systems were intended to last a lifetime. Think about that. How to be an employee has been taught to you since you were a child, not how to be an entrepreneur. We need to teach entrepreneurism in schools. Well, Okay, I'm not even going to get started on that topic. I have a lot to say on that topic. That's an entirely different. different We're taught to be imprisoned in an employee system that keeps us living paycheck to paycheck, stressed out. Yeah, that's what we're taught. Yeah. And it's a generational thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so let's talk now about leverage. So now we're going we're going to move on into a different takeaway. I think there have been already 100 takeaways from this episode. This is so good. Um, but I was researching a little bit about leverage because for me when I think about working less and making more impact and more money in my business, the key is always leverage. How am I using what I'm doing? in a way to get bigger results. So I could do the best work in the world. I could have the most amazing clients, but my company is not going to grow and people are not going to know about it just from word of mouth from those clients. And a lot of times we want to tell ourselves that word of mouth is going to be the thing because it's more comfortable. 
But the truth is that we need to find the ways to leverage. And when I started researching leverage, um, right away, the top 10 books that I love that are written by really successful entrepreneurs were out there. It was Four-Hour Workweek. It was $1 million one-person business. It was Company of One. Such good books, but all about solopreneurs, which we most of us are leveraging in order to make big impact. The One Thing by Gary Keller. Please go read that, you guys. So good. So all of these outline the way that single entrepreneurs selectively employ the highest leverage tactics at their disposal in order to create their audiences and their customers. So now we know we don't have to show up everywhere. We have to be more intentional. And now we know that we have to leverage. So I do this by creating relationships with people like Lynn Louise, with with the guests on my show and the people that I partner with. Um, tell me, how how does that hit for you? What, what are you thinking when you hear about leverage? So whenever I think of leverage, I think about how can we leverage the things that we are already doing into mm -hmm. multiple ways. So like you're doing right now, you're streaming it onto multiple platforms. You can put it on your podcast. You can take quotes out of this and you can turn it into placards. You can take little snippets. You can do stories off of it, right? You have an aha moment. You're on the road and you're like, oh my God, Lynn said this. I'm going to tell my, go watch this and do this, right? We need to be able to leverage the things that we are doing to create more freedom. That's why we became entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We didn't create it to, you cannot create freedom later. If you want time and financial freedom now, you have to operate from that place, that person right now. It does not oh, come oh, with yes. hard work and hustle. I always say an unhappy journey never leads to a happy ending. Mm-mm. I was just talking with one of my clients about leveraging everything that she's doing. And it was so interesting because I was like, we're, we're about to go into this topic on the show. And we were talking about her giving away full workouts in her group and what she could do instead. And we, once we started brainstorming, we found 10 ways that she could cut it up or she could use it mm. for several weeks and do different things. So I'm always like, don't give away full free workouts on your group. Hey, maybe do, but use it for a month. Make it into something that you leverage for a month or two months rather than trying to deliver a free workout every week. So yes, yes, yes to everything you just said. I think that that whole over serving. Okay. So 10 years ago when we started doing online coaching, um, those of us that were not in fitness, the thing is, is that there were all these bro coaches that were at the top, the business bro coaches. And they're like, over serve, over serve, over serve, you know, over deliver. You Give got all the best stuff away for right. free. You got to do it. Give them your best stuff, whatever. But here's the reality is women are already naturally over-serving. We already have that as a default mechanism. So when I'm coaching people, I'm like, you got to rein it back. Mm -hmm. Like people don't want 90% of the content you put out there should be inspirational, giving people hope. 10% is informational. And that should be bite-sized digestible pieces that they might remember for the next two minutes. Because the reality is that if you give somebody a piece of information and they do nothing with it, they will have completely forgotten it in 30 days. And then they're going to go to another coach when they're ready for it and they're going to pay for it. And then they're going to remember it because they paid. Mm -hmm. 
Those who pay, pay attention. Mic drop Kelly and Lynn Louise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, we want to give things like us open hearted women want to give things away. We want to really give, give, give because we're natural givers. We're nurturers. We're life changers. We want to transform as many lives as possible. But the reality is, is that people don't want to be told what to do until they pay you. Amen. Oh my gosh. The, I'm going to write that down. That was such a good way to say that. That's exactly it. I mean, I, I always say they don't pay attention until they pay, but. But who wants to like, think about the way you interact in groups. I don't want to hear like somebody telling me what to do. I don't even attend free workshops, free challenges because I'm like, well, if it's something I really want, I'll buy it. Yeah. Because I know personally, if I'm going to pay for something, then it's going on my calendar and I'm going to schedule the time for it. Because if I value myself and what I'm doing and my time, then uh, if I'm paying for something, it adds even more value because I'm committed and I'm going to stay in integrity. Mm, Amen. Very true. Yeah. I always jump in on your paid stuff. You're, You're one of the few coaches that I always jump in on the paid stuff. So good. So good. Okay. So we talked about leveraging the work that you're doing. I want to add on to that by saying leverage the relationships and the people around you. Look for the ways that you can take, you know, I, I, I guess I really had content in mind when I thought about this topic because so many of us are mm-hmm. over serving on social media looking for ways to rein back what you're doing on social media and then taking those pieces that are super valuable and leveraging them by going on a road show with them, going on five different podcasts with the same piece of content. And girl, people don't remember what they had for dinner two days ago. They're not going to remember a post that you made three weeks ago. But if they do see it over and over again in lots of different places, all of a sudden they start to perk up and pay attention. Mm -hmm. It's like when I tell my clients, okay, if you've got an event coming up, you're going to email every day for 10 days before that event. They don't like doing it. It feels uncomfortable to them, but it causes their audience to go, well, wait a minute. Let me go ahead and open this and see what she's talking about because she's obviously serious. She's emailed me for four days in a row about it. They see you in public enough, right? Yes. Recognition. It's about recognition. About recognition. And they signed up for your email list already. So that's what they're there for. That's what I tell people. That's like a warm list. They they chose to be there. They chose to be in there. And if they don't want to get it, then they can unsubscribe. There's Mm -hmm. always that option. Yes. I view unsubscribes as actually a good thing. I do too. cleaning my list. Mm Mm-hmm. A better deliverable rate. Yeah. Yeah. You get a better deliverable rate because when your email provider sees that ratio of opens going up and sees the ratio of undelivereds going down, you actually look better in the eyes of your email email, um, provider. And Google. Google Smart. Yes. And everywhere. (laughs) They know all the things. They know how people are responding to you. So you guys, the takeaways from today, I mean, Lynn added some takeaways. So I want you to, to um, add in what I miss, but intentionality, 
instead of being everywhere all the time and trying to come up with new content every day, just be more intentional. Think about the mindset shifts that people need to make in order to want to work with you and maybe focus on one for an entire month. Take the things that you're doing, cut them up, offer them to other people other coaches, other friends, people who have a similar but different audience than you. And just really be out there talking about the same stuff and not reinventing the wheel for yourself every day. Spend your mental energy in service to your clients rather than in trying to be everywhere all at once. What do you have to add to that, Lynn, Louise? I have a feeling. (laughs) I just think that... um creating that space for there there's a lot of there's a lot of belief systems around self-care right and there's a lot of definitions and it's very subjective but it's not just about taking a bath i believe that or i know down to my core level that our only dharma in this life is our personal evolution So when we're able to focus on our own personal evolution, expansion, ascension, we are able to scale our business in more flow and ease. And Mm. the way to do that is through quieting the mind. And then that quiets that to-do list. So good. Quieting the mind, quieting the to-do list. Love it. That's how you... uh, So in the beginning, I was talking about the people that are like, at Starbucks and just doing their thing and conducting their business. They're only working 20 hours a week. That's, that's how you get there. Quieting the mind, knowing that you're working on the right things, not all the things. It's not all the things. And, you know, also keep things in perspective and no comparinitis because those Mm. people that are posting stuff like that, they often are working 40 hour weeks. It's just that we don't perceive what we're doing as work. We enjoy what we're doing. And so therefore putting the time and effort into it isn't draining or exhausting because we have fun in every single aspect of our business. Mm, That's so true. I love what I do so, so much. And I know you guys think that you see me all over the place all the time, but it is because I'm leveraged and because when I am doing what I'm doing, I love it. It's not draining me. It's not taking all my energy. Mm-mm. Lynn Louise, tell us where we can find you, please. So you can join my group at Badass Business Building Secrets for High Vibe Cosmic Warriors. Everyone is welcome in there. I I welcome and I encourage everyone to promote. I I know that my mission here is to help women make a ton of money and it would be doing them a big disservice for not allowing them to come into my business and promote because you have what the world needs. And it might even be what I need. So get in there and promote. You can drop links. There is in the rules section, it's actually a number of ideas to help you use your algorithms to gain more traction and engagement in the group. So that's really it. I just encourage I love you to it. go there. And I do really love that about you. Uh, she, she'll always come to me and be like, you got something coming up, go ahead and put it in my group. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Nobody does that. (laughs) I'm all do it. And you know, it's a really like a dynamic place. I love seeing the engagement by other members in there. The energy in that group is incredibly high vibe. 
I love it. So it's like be active and yeah, I give you algorithm tips, but um, yeah, I just really want, I want to raise the consciousness and the frequency of the whole planet. And that is gathering an army of women that want to build businesses compassionately. So good. Lynn Louise, thank you so much for contributing Yay. your thoughts on this topic. You guys give her some hearts and fire. Let her know how much we appreciate her <laughs> and go join her group. I put the link to her group here. I put the name to her group right below that badass business building secrets for high vibe warriors, Lynn Louise Larson. And um, yeah, we got some great stuff in here. So Lynn. And I just did an interview with Kelly. So you'll be able to see that in there right now. <laughs> I feel like now that we've interviewed, my interview was so boring. It was like business stuff. And no, yours was I like really to, good. We'll do it again. <laughs> we need to do more. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Great yeah. interview. You guys let, let us know if you loved this. We'll have her on more. We need to talk about some of the stuff you were starting to get into at the beginning too. So, all right. You guys, everybody, we'll see you soon. Cheers.